Hello, everyone. Welcome to Football Gentron. I am Autumn, and I am joined here by the usual suspects, Chadens and Armen. And today we also have Tito on the call. Tito, Tito, Tito. So for those of you who don't know Tito, he is very important to Football Gentron behind the scenes. Uh, and he is the guy who came up with our logo. He's the guy who helps us with all our um, I- imaging and digital type work. He's great at it, but he is also super knowledgeable in football as well. And I'll let him talk about himself a little bit more uh, <laughs> in, in a little bit. But we're very happy to have Tito with us. And he is going to be joining us for this very, very special episode of Football Gentron. But first, before getting into our main topic of the day, let's start with some news. Henrik Mkhitaryan uh, has continued his amazing season so far, and he's equaled his best season in five years since he left Borussia Dortmund, and we're only halfway through the season. He currently has nine goals and eight assists in Serie A, and he is kind of clawing closer to his best all-time season, which would be 2015-16 with Dortmund, where he got 11 goals and 15 assists and won the Bundesliga MVP. Still, Serie A season is far from being wrapped up, and if we're being honest, Henrik is the only reason why Roma are in the Scudetto talk so far this season. They did just lose to Juventus 2-0, despite having a dominant performance, but that just came down to uh, Juve finishing their chances and Henrik not really getting the kind of support he needed. But, hey, if he continues his form like this, uh, which I really hope he does, maybe in March we might finally get some good Henrik. Armin? Well... He's not the only, I mean, national team star we're going to be talking about. First <laughs> off, let us talk about the Bayramian brothers' invasion. What is this? Because we knew Joren Bayramian. He is Rostov star player. He's a midfield, but all around. He can play fullback. And he took part in a friendly game in their team's defeat 2-0 against Local rivals, Krasnodar, who's also a big team with a big Armenian presence. Speaking of Armenian presence, tiny Levon Bayramian, Horen's brother, played for Krasnodar in the last 15 minutes. And it's it was a beautiful sight. We have pictures of them together in the team uniforms. Their parents must be so proud. And this is a new start for Levon. We wish him a great career. We got challenged with another big news about Armenian national team star. Our Andre the Giant, Andre Chalisir, our star center back, just had his first big performance in the Greek Super League. His team, Apollon's uh, Mirnis, managed to draw 2-2 on their visit to Mighty Tomba Stadium in Salonika against a tough Pauk. Andre played the whole game and also assisted his team's second goal. Polikala. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, also uh, speaking about Greek and uh, Cyprus, we've got Kevin Khazarian who recently moved from Aya Limassol to Greek Lamia. So another player in the Greek Super League. Yeah, and and, and Greek Super League is somewhere where hopefully we, we will see more Armenians. But another place where we're yeah. starting to finally see more Armenians is the Armenian Premier League. Alexander Karapetian. We had discussed him in the last episode. 
made his move to Ararat Armenia official. He joined his fellow national team members Wabemar Angulo and Armenia's under-21 striker Armen Hovanesian, both of which joined from Gansasar Kapan. Alexander Karapetyan um, will hopefully help Ararat Armenia reach those um, slightly higher heights that they've been attempting to reach. And who knows, maybe he can help them finally reach their first ever European group stage. Uh, another news... This was, this was a very interesting one. Armen Hovanesian, Armenian national team left back, uh, joined Punic from Arman, Kazakhstan. Arman, by the way. Arman. Not yeah. to be confused with Armen. Armen. We're going to be talking about both of them. The, the, this, that's where it's going to get confusing. So <laughs> Arman, so confusing. Arman joined Punic from Tobol in Kazakhstan. And now both Armenian national team left back options are competing for a starting spot in club and national team. Set up Grigorian, uh, who currently has the starting role for both. And on the right-back side, uh, they just signed Setup's <laughs> BFF from Russia, Robert Darbinian, to compete for the spot with team leader Ali Karakelian. So we're seeing a Punic team who had uh, defensive instabilities suddenly have bring in a lot of new defenders. Uh, do you think they can turn their season around, guys? I don't know if that's what they were aiming for rather than a middle-term kind of project because maybe it's too late for them this time, but next season is going to be bomb for them. I mean, this is unprecedented in the Armenian Premier League, having so many class uh, Armenian national team fullbacks or Armenian national team candidates in the the fullback position for one team. They got, as you were saying, um, on the left back, they got uh, Serop Grigorian, who's uh, born in Russia. And now they signed Arman Hovannesian, who has has had a great career so far abroad. And uh, on the right back, they have uh, Serop's BFF from Russia, Robert Tampinian, just signed to kind of breathe down um, Ali Karakelian's back in like an inner competition kind of thing. And uh, speaking of inner, inner competition, we were talking about uh, Arme- uh, Ararat Armenia and their start, their their striker position now with uh, Garabedian and but like trying to get to be not so much of a substitute, Armen Hovannisian. I mean, this kind of competition they're going they got going on is going to be great for the Armenian Premier League. Yeah, it is. And um, hopefully the league can start growing. And I know we've had issues uh, that we've discussed and that's been brought up in the media of the lack of Armenian players in these sort of top yeah. teams. Uh, so, uh, I mean, now the Armenia has two national team players, two national team starters, uh, which are very likely to start for them as well. So hopefully that'll help. Uh, oh, by the way, talking inspire. about Punic. Talking about Punic, they also signed uh, Hovannes Harutunian from Ararat Armenia, who is one of the best Armenian under-21 players. He's a midfielder, kind of has a sort of a Pirlo type of uh, thingy going on for him when he plays. And he's going to be having a lot to prove in, in Punic. So it's going to be beautiful. I mean, stay like uh, on the lookout for the Armenian Premier League because they got a lot to say. 
but we also have a lot to say about Armenian players in Europe. We have Edgar Babayan, who terminated surprisingly his contract with the Danish Hobro, and he actually bought himself out, which is a weird, like, a weird thing to do. And he's now free to sign for whoever team wants him enough, bad enough, and has enough dough to pay the bills. Papers say it could be some German Bundesliga lower mid-table side, hopefully. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) also there have been rumors around, guys, about uh, Danish giants Odense and uh, Brunby, I think they were. Two big Danish sides. Also, Russian teams from the Premier League. Who knows? He could be, he, he could go anywhere. But uh, we have to go elsewhere. We have to go to Adam's beloved Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah, I love, I I mean, love Kazakhstan. <laughs> what, what's going on in Kazakhstan now, Adam? Well, as uh, we're going to discuss this particular individual in depth shortly, but former Armenian national team manager... Vardam Minasyan, was appointed manager of Kazakh Premier League side Daraz. Very interesting. Um, we're having more and more Armenians back in Kazakhstan. It's been, it's been a... We've peaked at times where we've had more uh, gone lower, but now Vardam Minasyan is going to be what I believe the second Armenian manager in the Kazakh Premier League. Yep. Who knows? Could turn out, could turn out to be good for us next season. But, again, I, the news just does not stop, right, Anmen? We have our beloved vice captain, Varazat Haroyan, as a free agent. So My boy. we know that he went to uh, he left Ural. He went to Tambov in Russia, a lateral Russian Premier League move. We found out earlier this week that Tambov was having some financial difficulties. Yeah. And uh, hence the reason one of the reasons why Alexander Karapetyan had left. Exactly. So now Haroyan is apparently looking on the move. There are reports of Astana being interested in him, uh, the team that Tigran Barsegan plays for. But they're also having some financial trouble, so I don't know if that'll be a smart move. Maybe he can go to Daraz and team back up with uh, Vardam Minasyan, who he didn't play much under because he was very young at the time. But... I'm sure that's that's enough to lure the captain in. But there are also Greek, Cypriot, and Russian sides in the discussion. So considering he just had a short-term stint again in the Russian Premier League after leaving Ural, where do you guys see him going? I would say Europe. Uh, Europe? But Hopefully. then, yeah, because... Because they they have the money to fund fund a player uh, like that, but there's also the point that uh, they wouldn't be willing to risk a player for a player like that. I mean, he's got experience and can be a veteran, but uh, it's not a long term solution. So it depends. It's it could be like a uh, depends what league it is. So like a, a mid table team maybe in Europe. Yeah. If, and if it, Actually, I, I wouldn't be opposed to Greece. I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to them going to Greece. Yeah. Better yeah. competition I mean, level. That's, that's what I was going to say. Not long ago, right before his uh, move to Tambov, he was even very close, like actually about to fly to, uh, to Greece to sign for AEL in, I don't think, Larissa it is, the city. And uh, there, 
they're doing uh, pretty bad in the Greek league right now. So <laughs> that maybe that's why they wanted Pato in the first place. And uh, there were also Polish giants in the in the push for for Vato a couple months ago. Maybe they could go again. I I think they were Legia Warsaw. Uh, hopefully they can they can go for him again. I don't know. I, I just hope he doesn't drop the competition level by that much because the Russian Premier League we know is is uh, yeah is, we have it's a complicated a relationship run. with it as Armenians, but it's it is a good league. <laughs> It's a good. I would rather have our yeah. defenders playing in Russia than in Kazakhstan or Cyprus. I, I, that's obviously. So hopefully he goes somewhere good. But again, this continued talk of our beloved Kazakhstan. Uh, it is. <laughs> it has been said that Tigran Barsegan is pushing for a move away from Kazakhstan. And uh, we had just briefly mentioned Asana's financial problems and a sale of Tigran Barsegan, the man who had the most assists in the UEFA Nations League. Uh, to a, I don't know, people with big bank accounts like a Russian Premier League side who are set to be interested could also be a win-win situation. It can help Tico play in a better league. He more form, better competition, plays mm. better for Armenia. And simultaneously, yeah, and- Astana financial problems may get solved. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be a win-win. And... There was also speaking about Greek uh, offers and Greek interest in Armenian in Armenian players. Uh, Bazikian actually was pretty close to signing for AEK Athens, which yes, are Ayik. one of the yeah Aik. It's one of the biggest teams in Greece, and yeah. uh, maybe they, they can go for another push again. Don't you think? Challenge being a Greek speaker. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. you got it's the insight. Good idea. Um, I think it's a good uh, competitive league. Uh, I mean, I could reference uh, a recent transfer in relation to uh, Ararat Armenia. Their goalkeeper, Kupic, he recently moved to uh, Olympiakos Nikosia, actually. So uh, Mm. maybe there's some Armenian kind of, uh, yeah, bonding, I guess, that they're trying to find with uh, some players. Yeah, I mean, I think it it's would, competitive. It would make sense. Yeah, I mean, well, establishing relations with uh, Cyprus and Greece would make the best sense, and uh, it would also be a win-win situation for everyone involved. Obviously, we want that. Uh, but well, competition, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. And speaking of competitions, we have actually pretty big news for Armenian football. Which is actually Armenian futsal, isn't it? Yep. So the being into futsal, uh, into in a futsal team, uh, we have uh, the qualifiers. I would like to introduce to you all uh, Armenia, which is in a group uh, with France, Russia, and Georgia. They played two games uh, in the past ten days or so. Unfortunately, they lost to Russia uh, with a 6-0 score. Unfortunately, I have to admit that. Um, yeah, but they also there was the a game and, and star. Yeah, they were missing missing a few key personnel in that match. Yes, yeah, Saro Kastian, well, he's a he's an actual Armenian futsal legend. Mm. So and he he played the second game, right? Yeah, and they turned yeah. it around, right? <laughs> Well, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> Armenia was actually uh, winning the game. 
but uh, they were leading uh, halftime 3-1, I believe, or 4-1, and uh, France actually drew uh, the game later on, which is unfortunate. Uh, but we've got two more matches with against Georgia this month, so we're hoping for the best. Uh, I think it's it's a really nice thing uh, to also do good in futsal as well, get a name for ourselves. Yeah. And this is the farthest Armenia has ever be, gotten. Yeah, Man. exactly. It's something we can be hopeful about. Yeah. And futsal it's, is actually a really uh, interesting um, way to look at football because that's somewhat where they start from. Futsal yeah. is uh, a very constrained kind of game. So you have to use your skills to get out of difficult situations. And the more the, the players get used to it, especially young players the more there is a future for futsal or football. Yeah, and it, it has a quicker range, like a, a span of time to think. You have to think more yeah. quickly in futsal. Exactly. exactly. It makes total sense. Every second matters. Yeah, so it's all about quick touches, quick movement, quick passing. Uh, it's something that in Brazil, all the, youth play, all the youth players play futsal. That's how they... Neymar, Coutinho. That's how they... That's how they train their first. Bro, think, think even. I'm thinking before that, bro. I'm thinking Ronaldinho. <laughs> I'm thinking... Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Street football. Even if they play street football, they wouldn't yeah. play on a large size of a pitch. That like they would just play on the streets, and the streets are like futsal size. If you think about it, you could just make a small field and play. Yeah, and and yeah, for those and, wondering, and the surface. Can... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Armin. <laughs> it, it's very important like street football it's just like futsal because you don't play on grass you play on on concrete yep and so it's a different game it's a much faster game uh it's a very exciting game but and if you're wondering where you can watch these matches all of them are live on youtube uh you can watch just search up armenia versus georgia in, in sometime this month in february and You'll see, uh, you can watch the game. But before we get into our next segment, uh, we want to go ahead and formally introduce Tito, the other member of Football Gentron, who is finally our, getting our a new, little bit of mic time. Our newest player. Yeah, our newest, our newest player. Newest addition. Our newest signing. <laughs> so, Tito, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. I'm... And I'm really excited to finally talk about Armenian football and uh, give a good use about those hours that I spend watching lower tier of <laughs> of European football games so. that nobody nobody cares about except ourselves. <laughs> so so that's that's it. <laughs> So uh, you watch you watch you watch Kazakhstan? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about our national team only. Our national but... team, okay. Right, yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Tito is joining us today because we're gonna have a little debate. Ooh. So here's our debate. Our question. Fight. 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 Which which team is better, the 2012 Armenia team or the 2020 Armenia team? The teams are myself and Chadens, who will be arguing for the 2012 team, and Armen and Tito, who will be arguing for the 2020 team. Here is the debate format, gentlemen. It's not First. a boxing game. It's, it's, it's not a fight. <laughs> I was just kidding. 
Five points of contention. Attack, midfield, defense plus goalkeeper, opposition faced, and management. We will start with section one, attackers. Because I am introducing and hosting this, I will let Team 2020 begin this debate. <laughs> Aww, ain't that sweet, Adam? Always. I, <laughs> well, uh, speaking about attack, I mean, my main focus on the Armenian, the current Armenian national team attack would be pretty much the same I'm going to go over and over again when I'll be arguing, arguing on behalf of our current team. And it's mostly depth. Armenia has an unprecedented, insane amount of depth, of squad depth, for what we were used to. Because if you think attackers, right, if you think strikers, the first men who may pop in your mind, who may come to mind, is probably Yuram Ovsisyan. Okay, fair enough. Makes total perfect sense, especially since you all heard us, our, our latest podcast, uh, paying homage to him. So if you didn't, please do. Don't disappoint us. But seriously, uh, now we have a, even if not good enough, replacement in Alexander Karapetian. He gets the job done. And what else do you do you expect what else do you need from a striker if not goals if goals goals more goals more goals more goals he got it oh no i just saw what you meant no 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 that that's not cool that that's not cool i mean uh he he scores and most importantly he helps the team score uh he brings the dough home he pays the bills. He does what he has to do. And Alexander Karabedian is a good starter, is a solid starter for the Armenian national team. But what Armenia brings to the table this uh, with this current squad that, in my opinion, the previous one didn't at all, is depth. When Alexander Karabedian is tired, he cannot play anymore. He cannot run, which it's not true. I mean, even if he's tired, he will run. He will give his 110%. That's one of his best qualities. But even then, if he, if he doesn't click with the team, if he's being outsmarted by the opposition defense, you got you to gotta replace him. And now I can totally and happily say that we have more than enough replacements, be it Balekian, young, uh, versatile, uh, big in size, almost like Gara, but way faster, um, in a very similar model, but currently in pretty great uh, form, even if not right now, because he has to move from Hoffenheim, but we have Sako Adamian that has been tearing Bundesliga up for over a season now. And um, we got him, we got uh, Sako Adamian, we got Balekian, we got Tiko Parsegian, uh, our Armenian Hulk. Uh, we got Edgar Babayan, 
hopefully he'll be making a move soon from me right uh what else we got we got plenty of uh, options for the attack and that's something uh we didn't have until now that's boom counterpoint right here you want to talk about options the 2012 army of Sessian at striker yeah. at okay. that time he had he was in Randers and then Krasnodar in the Russian Premier League and we know how Izura. well he, yeah the one and only the one and only but then we also had a very 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 talented Aras Ozbilis on the wing who played yeah, for Yeah but us. he's not a striker is he he, he cannot play nine well, and but you know, but we if we want to talk about uh, nines, <laughs> you have to mention Artur Sarkisov. You cannot go within this oh, conversation. And not about, you cannot talk about the one player who would come off the bench and continuously score off the bench. He was uh, he, he was good. He was good at his best. He was good. Like barely. that was his best. That was his best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but but also, if we're talking about you know. Uh, potential star power up top we have edgar manucharyan he was also probably very, very good in his time yeah edgar a four nine a false nine if anything and he played for ajax as well during that time and so we're, oh, we're yeah, starting without to us. no his his talent is uh is undoubted that's that's not what it was in question here but he either like even he couldn't play in, uh, like real nine like but that's the thing we had euro euro was always fit euro was always healthy and euro was always banging in the goals so if we're looking at a straight pound for pound center forward comparison between alexander karapetian and euro mofsesian the amount of i would say important goals euro has scored are greater i would say euro's contribution generally to the team has been greater and this mm-hmm. is why Yura comes back, one, helps defend, <laughs> which is something that Karvedan didn't start doing until very late in the uh, Nations League campaign. And two, uh, Yuromov Sesyan is more of a team player than Alexander Karpetyan is. Karpetyan is the, is the traditional center forward in the sense that he kind of just stands there and waits for the service, whereas Yura would drop down and help in the build-up play. And that's, yeah, to that's add to that, difference. yeah, and to add to that, I, I would say like he's more reliable, uh, Yura. Okay, uh, Sarkisov can can be, you know, like seventy five, you know, a hundred <laughs> level, but um, Yura, he's a starter anyway. So yeah, there well, there was no like, there was no match. I mean, it was always Yura. Sarkisov didn't even stand a chance. I mean, he wouldn't even stand a chance right now and. God knows he had chances. I mean, he was uh, never summoned after we started getting all those uh, younger alternative, all those younger models. Look, all I'm going to say is Alexander Karapetian is currently 33 years old, right? He's currently 33 uh, yes. years old. 33, yeah. He, he has six goals for the Armenian national team, it, albeit in 19 appearances, which is a pretty good ratio. But Arthur Sarkisov, who has not appeared for Armenia in years, is only 34, so one year older, has six goals as well. So they're tied on In goals. how many games? 
in 41 games, most of which were oh, off the bench. Oh, you forgot. You conveniently forgot that detail. No, 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 no. <laughs> most of it. But he he was never the starter, though. He was he was always coming off the bench. He wasn't, and he wouldn't be right now either. Yeah, so I'm, I think if we're talking pound-for-pound pound center, actual center forwards, I oh, would yeah. say the contribution combination of Yuromov Sesan and Arthur Sarkisov is better than Karapetian and Sarkis Adamian. Despite Adamian playing in a substantially better league than any of these players. Definitely. I would give you that. Yeah. But Adamian has not performed for the national team and everyone knows it. I want That's, to... That, I cannot agree with that, but Tito, what do you have to say? I, I want to continue with what you were saying about the... The depth of um, team uh, about the depth <laughs> of team 2020, and I'm talking not about comparing player with player, but talking about results. And one thing that we can, I think yeah. everyone agree, is that we had a lot of uh, adversity here this year. We have yeah. we. We dealt with uh, injuries, with COVID, with a lot of issues. And, and the elephant on the tape, on, on, in the room. And we managed to to end uh, being the first in first place. So I think that having played only one game at home, he got us there then. <laughs> look, 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 look. Okay, no, no, I have, a, I have a fantastic counterpoint. I have a fantastic counterpoint to that. Tito, great point. But we were playing who? North Macedonia, Georgia, yes. and Estonia, right? But we were playing it yes, too. Yes, but, but, but prime Pandiff. We had prime Pandiff. <laughs> you guys may have. We we've had we had a, a we had Macedonia. So I mean that's pretty even. Andorra who you can equate to Estonia, but we had Slovakia, Republic prime of Pandem. Ireland, Russia, prime and a prime more. <laughs> oh, and a Slovakia, which at the time had Vladimir Weiss, had a young, really good Marek Hamšík, uh, amazing I team. Would, yeah, I would say though, the current Georgian team is uh, does not have have anything to to envy from uh, that Slovakia back then. I mean, we're, we should never underestimate Georgia. I mean, what we achieved last last season, and this is not just for this debate. This is like a proper congratulation for our team because beating Georgia was no easy feat, especially with uh, them having like their, their egos touched after their humiliating loss against Macedonia. Uh, it was... Right after that, uh, it was uh, a team, actually, Armenia. We all know this, <laughs> sadly. Uh, we're also familiar with this. Armenia is a national team that's, that had been getting used to uh, kind of choking its way out of easy wins or getting even not easy, but getting results that were there for the taken. And the Georgia game was definitely... Definitely, definitely, in my opinion, as an Armenian and as an Armenian national team uh, nut job, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was definitely hands down the biggest win we ever got in our history for everything that comes with it. 
Look, I can't deny that. I, I say the Nations League win is humongous. I would say that. But simultaneously, you can be group winners in the UEFA Nations League where the competitions are even. But we're talking about playing at a higher level. We're talking yeah, about playing like prime a, referees. We're, we're talking about playing a Slovakia that was very, very good at the time. We're talking about... Uh, we're talking about not too shabby, man. Prime referee. Georgia, Georgia is not 2-1. I'm going to say Georgia is not nearly as good as you make them sound. Georgia, I I guarantee you in this World Cup qualifier cycle, Georgia is going to be They're the ragdoll of their team. They are going to get smacked left, right, and center because they're going to realize <laughs> they playing, that they can't score one and they're going to rely too much on defense and they're going to forget to attack. I guarantee oh, you that and, Georgia and, side is going to get steamrolled in World Cup qualifiers. And Slovakia could score. Slovakia can score, and you know what? You you want to talk about a good draw? You're saying you know uh, we had, we had a draw against a very good Georgian side, but the in tw- in March 26, 2011, Armenia had a home draw against Russia. That's a top ten yeah. team. Very very yeah, good. Top and we had a prime referee against us. I'm still yeah. gonna keep saying that. Well, that's a the prime referee Ireland. who gave red. That was that was the Ireland game. That's that's the game yeah. we all wish we could forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we also had a bad game, I believe. It was around then, if I'm not mistaken, the one with the uh, handball. I think it was against yeah, Macedonia 2-2. No, uh, the handball against Berezovsky, the fake handball. Or, no, no, or no, 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 no. There was another one. The there was one, another oh, yeah. one, handball or something, the penalty. The one uh, last year that uh, they, no, they no, get... No, 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 Mind you, it was in the penalty or something. Our one defeat last year... Our one defeat last year, mind you guys, was against Macedonia. You all remember it, the UEFA Nations League opener in Skopje, where both, like, it was the weirdest game ever because three, all three goals of the 2-0 defeat for us were scored by penalties. And I am firm in my belief still to this day that the both of the penalties awarded against us, given to Macedonia, were not penalties, especially the, f- the first one at the, f- the fourth minute. Come on, uh, on Vato Aroyan, it was never a penalty. Well, you oh, want to talk about and, you want to talk about not by penalties. The way, by the way, another not penalty awarded uh, to Georgia on Arman Hovannesian. You all remember it uh, in the two-two draw. It, that was not a penalty either. Two-one uh, win. So. That was the one Sako Adamian scored the winner. Two was it? Win. Yep. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good. Fair enough. So but here, okay, we want to talk about unfairness. The 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 match that Chadens is talking about was the two two draw on September seventh yeah. in twenty ten. That was yeah. Armenia versus Macedonia. That was qual Euro qualifiers. Armenia had scored ninety first minute. There was two minutes of stoppage time. Two minutes. Edgar Manucharian scores the goal ninety first minute. The referee plays five additional minutes and awards Macedonia penalty in the 96th minute. Yep. I remember this game for a handball. That wasn't even a handball. So the ref played four minutes more than should have been played and gave a penalty. That wasn't a penalty. If Armenia had gotten all three points there, it would have been a different story. Very, I understand, we would have, I understand yeah. about the, hey. the additional time, but the, the hand, the handball was, was a, a very childish penalty. It was it was clear. Pe- oh, it penalty. was okay. It was it was a fair penalty apparently. 
Yes, I actually don't even remember it because uh, I started, that was actually when I started following the Armenian national team, but unrelated to this, but related to the many incidents involving uh, questionable penalties against Macedonia, well, against us for Macedonia, I actually even remember another one. Uh, I think it was 2017 or something like that, or 2018 awarded against Chalisher. It was mm -hmm. a an actual game we were dominating, and uh, Chalisher's one of the one of his first games for us. And uh, I remember I was excited because we got like a Gotiborg defender playing for us, uh, a diaspora and Armenian getting back to the roots and stuff, an actual center back, which we were needing badly. And now we're now recently seeing the, the fruits of it. And uh, that was a game we were dominating. Macedonia got a, an unfair, another unfair penalty for them. Uh, and they that's when their game opened for them. They ended up beating us. But had it not been for that Fake ass friend. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting carried away here. That's 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 not who I am. Uh, that fake penalty, fake penalty, got us costed, uh, cost us that that game. Okay. All right. Closing uh, comments. Closing comments for the for for the 2012 team here <laughs> for for attacks because we got to move on to midfield. Five out of the ten matches that Armenia played in this Euro qualifiers, they scored more than three goals. Armenia had scored 22 goals and only conceded 10 with a plus 12 goal differential. Versus your team, how many goals did they score in the in the Nations League? How many goals? Seven, seven goals in six games. It was nine. It was nine goals. It was nine. Even better. <laughs> nine goals. <laughs> I didn't well, know but that. That's, how many how many times did Armenia score more than two goals? But how many times did Armenia had their full squad in hmm. Nations League? Uh, zero. Well, you know I what? know that one. I know that one. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know what? To be fair, this Armenia side kept clean sheets too. But we'll get the defense. We'll get the defense. All right, closing well, comments on. Oh, yeah, yeah, we will get the defense. You <laughs> bet we will get the defense. <laughs> okay well moving on uh attack done and dusted i think we've talked that one to death uh a side that i think um is going to be a little difficult to discuss the midfield tito why don't you kick us off i want to say that um me as a south american i believe that having a south american player on the midfield it's a very important thing and i don't know if you're gonna like what I'm going to say, but you have to say it. <laughs> uh, give me two minutes. Uh, I can't remember how to say it in English. Uh. <laughs> we got you, we got you, brother. What are you trying to say? Oh yeah, we. We have to we have to kick our way through. We 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 have to like. Uh, we have to we have to have push, push your way through basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, no, we, we got tough players. We gotta stand our ground. Okay, stand our ground in the middle of the park. Who's saying it in in a wrong way to go and injure the other guys? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> covertly, though. Covertly. 
over like, sure. like you didn't want to do it well um, but saying, what i think about the midfield it, it it's uh it's messy i mean it's gonna be messy because midfield is where armenia has always excelled Sure, <laughs> but how about in? I mean, we, you we've know, got two players though. We've got two players, two players in both teams, so we uh-huh. could appreciate midfield actually. We've we got can. prime both though, prime both. And one, uh, one oh, thing that oh, the, well, the yeah, <laughs> the 2012 you one go, thing, the 2012, on. the 2012 Armenian team didn't have to go to South America to pick up an Armenian. The 2012 Armenian team had Did Armenian they? midfielders. <laughs> Didn't they though? We have a young Henry Mukherjian. We have a Karlan Mukherjian who played at Metalurg Donetsk at that time. Arthur and Artak Edigarian. Didn't we have yeah. Gigi too? But but who was who yeah. was that uh, that uh, national team's uh, kind of ten number ten playmaker? Oh, well, number ten. I mean, yeah. we we're talking about the one and only Marcos Pizzelli, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> that guy. We're talking about the guy who he only scores 45-yard bangers against Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a man who loved Armenia so much that he just said, "You know what? I'm Armenian." Yeah, <laughs> and we got Uwe Marangulo as well. And uh, oh, okay. Well, we got our South American, our South American sizzle too. He's good. I actually like him. Well, I was telling Armen this uh, <laughs> off podcast. I really like Wabemar Angulo. I was watching their friendly against Zenit, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg, a la Armenias. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at him play and his awareness and everything around him. I'm saying this guy should be playing in a much better league than an Armenia, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, could be so. I mean, I, I, I still have to see more from him. But as for what I've been seeing, um, He's still got some some distance to go for him. I mean, I like Salomon Udo a little better. I like uh, <laughs> I like, of course, Karlin Mikachan from 2012. Uh, but who else? I mean, we got some great depth. I, oh, we got the line Artak Grigorian on the 2020, the current side. Who Art, is actually Artak wooden wooden legs Grigorian? <laughs> <laughs> the guy, oh, the guy. I love him. He, I call him the lion. I he's mean, always on, the guy who's always off balance. <laughs> yeah, guy. he's a lion. He's a lion. He he All fights right. his okay. way through. I mean, that's actually that's uh, the kind of player Tito was talking about. Like a guy that is not afraid to go after any kind of ball, and uh, it doesn't matter really who he's got in front of him. He's gonna fight him, and and he if he has the ball, he's gonna try to dribble past him. And he actually has had enough talent in him to score an actual beauty. You would have think, you would have thought he was Brazilian against Montenegro a couple of years ago. Uh, he did this uh, one-two with Heno. It was insane. I remember that this guy just scored this goal. I couldn't believe it. That's where I started liking this guy so much. Uh, midfield, I mean, and we're talking defensive midfield because if we go over offensive midfield, this is one of my main focuses about uh, our current roster. We got some real depth. I mean, we got uh, the, the 2012 uh, national team was good. It was great, actually. 
uh, especially in midfield. You got your Aras, you got your Marcos, Edgar Malakian, yeah. Uh, but the the substitutes, the replacements were probably not as good, probably not, in my opinion, not as good as uh, starters. And now we have uh, the ones that could play striker as well as winger in Sako, uh, Adamian, Tico, Barsegian, uh, Balekian, and Babayan as well, which didn't even play all that much those those last two uh, during last year because of injuries and whatnot. But uh, we also have the rising stars. We have three amazing rising stars for us in Ashak Gorian, who already showed an insane level of uh, personality. Uh, I mean, I kind of, yeah, I kind of was a little hesitant on him because he was hesitant on the Armenian national team for a long, long time. But just how he engaged with the team, it was mind-blowing. And uh, getting the set pieces and stuff, we got Aram's favorite little boy in Vaham Pichachian, who I is that guy. Who is little. Guy. <laughs> he is, he's he still is, very young. Yeah, yeah, he is little. He's young, but he's not afraid of taking like responsibility. All, exactly like Arshak Gorian. And Vahan is I even younger. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. But hang on. We have the hidden gem. We have Eric Vatanian, Barcelona Masia, uh, Barcelona Youth Academy. The guy who hasn't played a game in over a year? You're going to throw but that guy? Does, oh, but when he does, you're going to see. <laughs> you when he does, you're going to see. The squad. Also, we have... The squad. What? He won't even get called up. That's what I think. I don't think he's going to get nah. called up. Give him some time. Give him give him enough time to play a few games uh, in the Russian Premier League to be fit, healthy, and stuff. You're gonna see. You're gonna all. Everyone is gonna see. But seriously though, uh, we have uh, our curly boy Horen Bayramian. He is a star. He's a Russian Premier League star. And Russian Premier League is the sixth best league in in Europe. And Horem is way underrated. So. We got some depth we never had. We never had. All right, all right, okay, sure. Well, we get it. We got now counter. We got, yeah. Depth. <laughs> yeah. So let's say now we're sitting in 19. Uh, let's say we're sitting in 2009. Oh, okay. And you guys are the 2009, and we're doing the 1999 of Armenian team. You guys would say Mkhitaryan and uh, Razarian, uh, these players would become very good players. Just like you just mentioned about um, Gorian and Bichakchan. Well, now that we're in 2021, we could definitely say Mkhitaryan and uh, uh, Keor Razarian have become very good players my point being yeah. yes you have uh future stars but we, the 2012 team also had future stars which now they're proof that they became future stars yeah uh, haroyan he was on the 2012 and, team well i still didn't add yeah there's still more yeah okay <laughs> what are you leading no that's what i'm saying those that's the more like the, there are more players obviously i just didn't mention them look, but look, my look, point let's... being 
that you, it's I mean, you know like you know the, it, those those who had future right now we can see them that they have a future like yeah, you you could I'm, you you could talk about future stars stars all you want but what matters is the results in the present right and if we if our if our memory serves us correctly armenia is currently ranked 99th in the fifa world rankings correct right okay and yeah. Okay, and because of the successes of our, the Armenia side that we are arguing for, Armenia went as high as 35th ranking in the world. Yeah, I remember. But actually, today's rank, and this is undeniable, today's rank not only is not what we deserve currently because we're playing way below, like we're playing way above what uh, the rankings say, not just that. But also, our current ranking is a result of years and years of not just mismanagement, but actually lousy play. Like from, and even linking it to to your 2012 uh, side, since Yura retired in, uh, I don't know if it was 2015 or something, since that time when Yura retired and the whole federation issues popped up, and uh, the accusations and whatnot, they, we had like a solid four years of lousy, lousy uh, play. And uh, that led to us being in a pretty stale place right now. And even having, even having won the UEFA Nations League by far. So okay. what we deserve is only coming is it's it's in the future trust me okay all right well speaking of lousy play we should move on to our next topic defense (laughs) plus goalkeeper that was a good one that was a good one all right uh tito (laughs) defense goalkeeper 2020 give us give us give us the best you got i i think i can sum sum it up in just one phrase how important is to have a solid goalkeeper not trying to minimize Beresovsky, but the job that uh, Yurchenko has done is incredible. Okay. David, David, David. Okay. <laughs> in 2012, Roma, Roman Beresovsky was playing uh, for Himki in the Russian Premier League. So Roman was already pretty old at that time. <laughs> he was already ancient, yeah. but he was also a very seasoned uh, veteran goalkeeper and in that 2012 euro campaign he only let in 10 goals two or three of which were three of which were penalties so in open play in 10 matches he conceded same as less uh, than one goal per game yes i, I was i was going to say the exact same thing um, uh, uh-huh. half half the goals that uh-huh. Or against Armenia on, on Nations League were from penalties. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I and, think we need to be and fair, and though. None of them, none of them were fair. Uh, I think we can all agree to this. None of those three penalties, none of them were fair. And he if saved was, us. He saved that like a lot of times. That's true. And if if there was VAR, none of those penalties would have been given. But I I. I can't say the same about the 2012 side. There were blatant penalties. <laughs> and and another another focus about the the defense, uh, it's mostly for the center backs. I mean, yes. we 
We never, I yeah, Azumanian was good. He was good. Uh, props to him, good career and stuff. But he was, for starters, he was never even close to what Pato Aroyan or Andre Chalisher can play, uh, for that matter. Mm-hmm. First off that, and Azumanian being the best center back of his generation. And uh, also, yeah, it's two of them in better level than one in 2012. And if we're also going to the fullbacks, moving on to the wings, you know, to the sides, we were actually talking about the depth Unique has uh, in fullbacks, having Krikorian, uh, which is Caparro's uh, favorite Armenian defender for some reason. And I'm actually very excited to see what he has in store for setup in the future. He's hyping it up. He's hyping him up. So uh, there's him. And there's actually Armenian national team left back starter, Arman Ovanesian. There's, uh, you got your Artur Danielian, who can also play uh, center back on the right. We he's got, never been uh, called up, though. He's hard. He hasn't, he has, he he's, he's, he's Armenian under 21 You can't star. use him. You can't use him. him. He's, that's under 21. We're talking senior national team. Give him, give him time. He's, <laughs> he's a candidate. Him, Don't and, sneak and that one in. We're talking depth. I mean, he's a candidate. Okay, you're that, talking. You could talk candidates all you want. I'll talk captain. <laughs> I'll talk Sargis Hovsepian, the Zenit St. Petersburg fullback, the man who has led this <laughs> Armenia defense for like 15-plus years. A shade, yeah, defense. Yes, uh, Sargis <laughs> Hovsepian. But I love him. I love him, though. Before any – I'd say he can still outplay at his age half of our fullbacks easily. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But – not not the other half, though. <laughs> and he's the only one. I mean, he's the only 2012 uh, Armenian national team candidates for fullback that could outplay anyone from our current candidates. I mean, and that's exactly what I was going to get into. Depth. It's all about depth. I mean, you got... Uh, actually, we have a current leader in the making, uh, he is a right back. He's uh, pushing 30. And uh, he could perfectly, I mean, he has in the past played center back as well. That's not just depth. We're also adding up to the mix versatility and defense. Arthur Danielian could do that too. Jordi Ararat can do that too. And uh, actually passing Hovan uh, in the future to, to center back is a well, back to center back is uh, Chalens' idea. Well, Chalens, go ahead and uh, sub sum up defense plus goalkeeper, and we can move on to the next round. I think uh, even though I'm on the 2012 side, I think both both teams had good defense. The the thing we can both agree on is the goalkeepers cannot be compared because both played a very major roles. Uh, in both teams, not because they're and in very the same similar age. levels too. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna get to that. It's not the age, but the level. The, the level they were both uh, exactly uh, at. It's it's the same, and and not only the the level, what they offered as a quality. It's it's this not the same, but in the same highest similar. form. And yeah. and you know, Berezovsky is actually Berezovsky is actually Yushchenko's uh, mentor. You know that. 
Yeah. Well, you know, so, there yeah, you go. Uh, what more do yeah, you that's need? <laughs> kind of, yeah. At, I want to continue with the managers as well now, which, again, I'm going to uh, give a little balanced point. Mm. Vartan Minasian, the biggest achievement, personally, I think, was the highest ranking, giving the highest ranking for us as an Armenian national team. Plus, but, he's Armenian too, so there's that. Yeah. yeah, but we cannot really say much about Kaparos, but we can say much in three years' time because yeah, I mean, we know he's going to do good. So um, his system is different. His system is definitely different. Um, but uh, w- the way the way he still has potential because he just recently uh-huh. joined. Yeah, and he didn't um, even have friends. I think there's play. more to come, so we cannot really compare. Yeah, <laughs> we cannot really compare them at this point. But mm-hmm. with whatever they have both done as managers. <laughs> Yeah, we're both proud of them. Uh, I can say that. Tito, what are your thoughts on managers? I was going to say that I really like Bartan Minasian. I um, was really excited yeah. when he came back in 2018. But I think that Kinda it's like not... The sequel. It's not only comparing uh, the managers, but... The entire the system, the, the federation, the system. I think that yeah. this federation is is doing a great job, and Joaquin Caparros is doing an excellent job. He, him, uh, and his team, he, they are doing an, an excellent job. You can see it because they try to search not only in Armenia. That I think that that yeah. was something at that time that there were only players from the Armenian League and a couple of players from abroad. But but not only that, um, of course, the diaspora, all the new yeah. players that came, like Koreano or Horen and or Yushchenko. Yushchenko. Even, even Goldie, Yushchenko. I mean, we all saw the presentation they gave uh, the seven newcomers last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we don't get that. Why don't we get that? <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, that was beautiful, man. I mean, that that was a. Actually, it was even prior to the war, so you were we were on a different uh, focus, arm placed in, in our lives, and uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful sign that Armenia was going forward and we were going on to be- bigger and better things. That was something that we were expecting, in, like a lot of years ago. So yeah. we were really excited when we saw that it was happen- happening. Yeah, it's unprecedented. Yes. Look, regardless of what we say, we know that both of these Armenia teams were successful in their own rights. Uh, the 2012 Armenia team was groundbreaking uh, yeah. because they put Armenia on the map for the first time in the footballing world. People were uh, starting to take us seriously and not as minnows. And there was a dramatic dip in between that and uh, the current 2020-2021 team we see now, uh, which has seen a new director of football and 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 a new manager. Adam, that dip, you know that it, like many, many things in the football world and and actually in any sport, 
that dip we had for years and years that uh, affected us in our results had a lot to do with politics and how everyday life in Armenia was like. And uh, we're just going back to a high after a pretty long low. And only one and a half months uh, left until the next set of games. So yeah, a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. Guys, anyone want to give some closing thoughts? I think there's a lot of potential. I want to know what the fans think. (laughs) Well, the people think. Everyone jumped in. All right, one by one, one by one. Let's start with Chadens. Closing thoughts. Uh, There's a lot of potential. Uh, We had high caliber in 2012. uh, But... In terms of how the the football has changed and developed, uh, us tactically and as a as an organized national team, we're progressing very well, and we're hoping to see what's going to start in the next month. And I'm super excited for that. Uh, so that yeah, I guess I could say that. <laughs> All right, uh, Tito, closing thoughts. I wanted to say that even though I picked uh, Team 2020, um, I, I think that Armen said this before in this podcast, uh, the 2012 team was the team that made me start to follow the Armenian national team. So that's something good about that team. Oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it had a lot of many things, things, but... Yeah. but yeah. All right, and Armen, closing thoughts? I actually did my closing <laughs> remarks earlier. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, any questions anyone might have about anything regarding Armenian football or not, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we would love to talk to anyone, to connect with Armenians all over the world and stuff. So, And actually, I want to know what the people think uh, about our current roster and uh, yeah, we want to know about you guys. Yeah, so let us know. Don't be afraid. Uh, tweet us at Football Gentron. Follow each one of our uh, Twitter accounts. Our handles are in the description of the podcast episode below. And let us know what you think. Which team do you think was better? Which striker do you think was better? <coughs> You're a, which midfielder <laughs> do you think was better? Uh, let us know. Have a conversation with us. Ones. As you could tell, we love to talk about Armenian football, so don't be afraid to DM us, and a lot of people do already, but don't be afraid yeah, to do it. Tweet it, us. It, talk to us. It's not a fight. It's not a fight. It's not a tema to go over. Uh, it, it's it's something to bond over, so reach out. Exactly. Well, uh, that was a great debate, gentlemen. I don't know if we can comfortably say who won, <laughs> but uh, Armenia this won. was fun. The Armenia one. That's Armenian national team won our hearts. Exactly. So <laughs> nice. that's going to conclude this episode of Football Gentron. Uh, join us in a couple of weeks' time where we are going to maybe talk about future stars again and start to look forward to the all ominous World Cup qualifiers. Ooh. Ooh. On behalf of Armin, Chadens, Tito, and myself, Thank you for listening, guys. Until the next time. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.